Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is A Metz. I'm here with B Pimp. B Pimp, what's up with you? I'm doing great. I'm excited for this episode. I am excited too. So, to fill our listeners in on what is going to be happening for this episode and for the next episode, is we're talking about the 1980s. What a decade. First of all, the decade we were both born in. Um, and so the top fives we're going to be talking about are, for this episode, top five comedy movies for the 1980s. And then for the next episode, we'll be talking about top five action movies from the 1980s. It's an 80s extravaganza. It is. And you know what's crazy about the 80s, especially with comedies and actions, is there are actually quite a few action comedies. So it's hard to know where to put them. Even though I'll, I'll admit it actually didn't end up on either one of my lists, like, what would you consider Beverly Hills Cop? Comedy. Comedy, yeah. Okay. It was, I think it's going to be in my comedy uh, honorable mentions. But I was struggling with that because I, I put that as a comedy. And then something else like, like Lethal Weapon is, that's an action, right? Yeah, I think that's action. I go, I'm going based off of the lead actor. So Eddie Murphy's a comedic comedic actor, even though you could argue, yeah, it's a comedy action movie, but like Mel Gibson's a, traditionally been in action movies, except for what women want, um, <laughs> uh-huh. which is so, either a comedy or anything. <laughs> it's a, it's a sad state of affairs, Yeah, but yeah, that's what, that's kind of what I go by. I don't know if that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, so the other reason we're going with, comedies and action movies is that, and maybe this is us getting old or that our podcast has been around for a while. I don't know what it is, but we weren't going to do comedies and actions back to back episodes. We were actually going to do eighties comedies and then sitcoms from the 1990s. As it turns out, we've already done sitcoms from the 1990s. The funny part is once you reminded me of it, I remembered that you rightfully gave me shit for having home improvement on my list. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, that was that episode. Huh? Yeah. It's, I just, because I did start to put together that list. And I was like, man, this seems familiar. What is it? And then I had to scroll through all our old episodes, go all the way back to episode 12, which was recorded probably three years ago at this point. We're so young and naive then. Oh my God. Picking home improvement. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm nervous that one of these times we're going to redo a top five and not catch it. But you know what, as we talked about in one, uh, like, uh, the beers episode that we just did tastes change. And so maybe it's not the end of the world if we redo a top five. Yeah, I think it would. I try to use my um, podcast apps search, especially for whiskeys. Like if I'm at the store looking for whiskey, I could go in there and search the whiskey name. And if we've done it, it'll come up because it'll search all the descriptions. But I just for some reason, it completely lost to me that we did that until you mentioned it. Wow. I first of all, great story. Second of all, you've given me that's how I should search if we've done a whiskey before or not. Yeah. Does your, well, it depends. I don't know. What do you use? Is it, you have Apple, right? So you have just yeah. like the podcast app. Does that, would that work? I don't know if it, I have podcast addict, which is a third party on my oh. Android phone, but it's got a search feature where it searches all the body of the descriptions and the titles. 
All right. I'm going to try that because yeah. I am very nervous now when I go to the store about getting a whiskey we've done before. I see. The only ones that stick out to me are the the ones I know that I like so much that I know we've done them. And then the ones that are terrible, like Southern Comfort, where I'm like, okay, we've definitely had that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do know, though, that the whiskey I have for this episode, we have not done uh, because I think I would have remembered it. Because this is a, a very special whiskey. I'm actually excited to try it. Uh, even though the guy whose whiskey it is is kind of like a douchebag, I guess. Although I don't really know him well. That's uh, my sense of him as well. Yes. But I have for this episode Proper 12, uh, which is... Oh, what's his first name? Connor. Connor, Connor McGregor. Connor McGregor. I almost said Ewan McGregor. <laughs> it's a different Ewan whiskey. Fighter. <laughs> yeah. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> UFC fighter slash musical actor, comedian. Uh, No, Conor McGregor's whiskey. Uh, It says rich and smooth at the top. We'll be the judge of that, Conor. Thanks. Proper 12, uh, triple distilled Irish whiskey. Uh, And then it says a smooth blend with hints of vanilla, honey, not good, and toasted wood. Mm. I'm having toasted wood for dinner. How did he know? (laughs) Uh, it's distilled, aged, and bottled in Ireland. I wonder if it's going to say where in Ireland. 40% alcohol by volume, 80 proof, and it has the signature of Conor McGregor on the back and the signature of the master distiller. Oh, uh, Conor McGregor didn't distill it himself? Boo. Boo, yeah. It's imported into Jersey City, New Jersey. I am not... It does not say where in Ireland. It was made in a boat off the coast of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't feel like this is legit. They should say the name of the town in Ireland. Yeah. Huh. Okay, well, that's a knock against it, but I, I'm, I'm trying not to think about that too much. Uh, I've got it poured here. I've got a little bit of uh, It's on the rocks. I'm excited for this. I, I've seen the commercials where he's sitting there in his three-piece suit talking about his proper 12, so... Mm-hmm. The 12, I believe, refers to 12 rounds. Am I wrong? I don't know. 12 rounds of whiskey or 12 rounds in a fight? I think 12 rounds in a fight, right? Well, and now that I'm thinking, I don't know that a UFC fight is 12 rounds. I know boxing is 12 rounds usually, right? I feel, yeah, boxing, but UFC's, I think, much quicker because somebody breaks their leg before they yeah. get to a tour. <laughs> I've never heard of one of those fights going 12 rounds. I think they usually go like two minutes, right? Yeah. They batter each other. Yeah. Hmm. It smells innocuous. It smells like a whiskey. It smells like that's what it's going for is whiskey. He's go- isn't he kind of going for like unseating Jameson as like the synonymous Irish whiskey? That's, it seems to me that that's what he's trying to do. Okay. It, it has that feel a little bit where, I mean, I like Jameson, um, but it, it's kind of like, uh, at least by the smell alone, not going in any particular direction. Okay. It's just trying to make you think like, yep, this is a whiskey. Yeah, it's a whiskey. Mm-hmm. Taking a sip. Sipping an Irish whiskey is an interesting experience too, because they're not, I think they're, I think of them as shooters, but I do drink some on the rocks. So what do you think with this one? I like that assessment that you have, because I, I, I think I agree. This would work well, pretty well as a shooter. On the rocks, I'm going to give it another sip. Yeah, it looked like a generally pleasant reaction. Not terrible. It looks a little quizzical. Yeah, I'm just like really 
Trying to dig deep on this one. I don't know if my second sip tasted different from my first sip. I do not know why that is. Uh-oh. Huh. It's a shapeshifter. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those shapeshifting types of whiskeys. I think my second sip was a little bit bigger. That might have been it. Because um, I'm getting a little more throat burn on this one. But, hmm. I'm going to give it the... I know I've been making this a thing lately, but I think really to fully assess whether this is a boot whiskey or a smooth whiskey, I need to give it that third taste. Okay. I support your decision. It makes me think that I should think about starting to drink these neat because you've been doing that a lot lately. And I think it would just give me a, a more pure assessment of how this whiskey is. I do. I, but I, for a long time, I, t- I tested every whiskey on the rocks cause I just like drinking whiskey on the rocks, but it's, mm. I don't know. I felt like sometimes I was, timing it poorly and I would get like watered down versions because of my own shortcomings with planning. So I was like, let me, let me just take out the water part. But what do you think? What's proper? Is it proper or is it improper? So I couldn't decide what camp to put it in. When you talked about it unseating Jameson, I started to think about it in my mind as being, how does it compare to Jameson? Because Jameson, I, I would put on the smooth train, but I think if something were worse than Jameson, I'd have to, you know, think about it. So with that in mind, I think Jameson is pretty smooth. The smooth drinking, not just like literally on the smooth train. This, though it's not offending me with any particular taste, I think it doesn't quite have the body that Jameson has. And it doesn't, it, it, it kicks in with a little bit of uh spice and bitterness toward the end of the sip and it i think it's kind of an unearned it's almost like a desperation move to get onto the smooth train so though though it's drinkable it's not a whiskey i recommend and for that reason i'm giving proper 12 the proper boot oh sorry connor sorry connor my daughter, I don't know. I'm sure it'll show up on the recording. Just gave a whine <laughs> as I was deciding. She was commiserating. She's so nice. She was commiserating with Conor McGregor because he was getting the boot. Yeah. Well, no, it's because I gave some of this whiskey to her earlier and she didn't really care for it either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she had to make her opinion known. <laughs> yeah. Proper 12 is getting the boot. It's not a strong boot. And I'm not saying if you're not curious, go ahead and check it out. But it's not a whiskey I would buy again. Yeah, I'll try it. Because I'm, 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 you know, I like to see what somebody with that kind of money and like rep, what, what is he going to do when he makes a whiskey? So I do just for that, I would like to try it at least once. Give it a go. I well, actually what I could do is I could send you four fifths of this bottle. Okay. When I send you the Allagash, we'll yeah, just do I'll a trade box. Sending, send me the <laughs> Allagash. I'll put this back in the box and send it back to you. Okay. We got a good system going here. Uh, all right. So, uh, boot whiskey, of course, I was the one tasting it, so it's probably not a huge surprise, but we got to talk about comedies from the 1980s. I came up with a lot, and then after I came up with a lot, I realized there were a lot more. That's a, a hard list. Yeah, that's a very fair way to describe it. <laughs> that said, though, once I came up with, because this is kind of usually what I do for the top fives, I just think of all the comedies that could possibly be, like, that I just like. And then, and then I go through that list of however many I have and just rank them. 
once it actually came to picking my top five, there were a clear cut five for me at least. Yeah. I, I nailed in on it. There was one kind of wobbly area, but I knew my number one and two and three for sure. Okay. I, I suppose my five is a little bit wobbly, uh, but without talking around it, let's, let's get into it. These are our top five comedies of the 1980s. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, my number five is Airplane with an exclamation point. First of all, Leslie Nielsen is hilarious. He really is. I've even read his autobiography, which is a joke book. <laughs> and it's still funny. And it's like so perfectly like Leslie Nielsen too. Yeah. I want to go back and watch the police squad show. Cause I know that they made the movies like naked gun movies, but there was a show in the eighties. I remember saw it. Yeah. He's, he was even funnier. He was even funny in like the scary movie uh, movies that he was in, which like apart from that, those movies are not bad, but like he is the definition of good deadpan. Yeah, it's great. And apart from that, I just, I love a good eighties movie that just threw, well, okay. I don't love all eighties movies that did this, but I love a lot of good eighties movies that just like throw stuff against the wall. Not everything is going to stick, but a lot of things work in airplane. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of things I still quote from it. Like, don't call me Shirley. And what's your vector, Victor? What's your, you know, all that, all that shtick from that movie is great. Mm -hmm. No, it's uh, a great movie. Uh, What's your number five? My number five is 1980s Caddyshack. Ooh, interesting pick. Well, actually not an interesting pick. Controversial pick. You think it's controversial? Okay. I don't think it's controversial for whatever reason. I just don't like that movie. Oh, okay. Well, I love it. It's probably because I'm such a golf fanatic. Plus, um, I've always been partial to Rodney Dangerfield, and he gets a lot of space to do a lot of stuff in that movie. He does, which is nice. I, I like Rodney Dangerfield a lot. Yeah. There's definitely, and, and then Ted Knight is really funny as the uptight judge. What is it? Schmales or something like that? Smales? I don't remember his name. But. There's, I mean, I could see why, like, believe me, I could see why not everybody would like this movie, but it's, I, it's for me, it's a personal favorite. Well, what do you think? Cause you, this is, I know we did a bees beef pretty recently and earlier bees beef was on Bill Murray. Yeah. And actually I think this might be why I don't like this movie that much, even though Bill Murray is actually not really in the movie. He's not really in the movie that much, but no, but he reason, pops up every I, so often. I don't like the character he's playing in this movie yeah it's 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 a when i was a kid i I thought it was funny because it's so broad but then as i grew up i was like wait it's just like a perv character in a way yeah i don't even know what it is but it like it never struck the funny chord with me but maybe i think i was just thinking about this movie in terms of like uh bill murray performances for some reason and I didn't like his performance in this movie, but maybe if I think a little bit more on the Rodney Dangerfield front, uh, I can get on board. I haven't seen it in forever, so I, maybe I should watch it again. There's also I was a caddy, and I like the main guy whose name I forget, but he the the main kid, like the quote unquote main character. Um, I think he's good. He was also in Roseanne later as Jackie's husband. Uh, oh, huh. 
so he's you know he's i think he's funny i think there's a lot of good interesting stuff in there but there's like yeah you're right it's like bill murray's whole thing with the groundskeeper is weird um all right my number four is blues brothers nice this movie just like has it's kind of funny because it's i mean it's, it's obviously a comedy i'm not sure the best parts of the movie are necessarily the comedy aspects of it it just has like a lot of great performances um, and I especially love Aretha in it, but it's a perfectly Chicago-y movie and it kind of, it just, it works for that sort of buddy comedy, like, yeah, I don't know. It captures everything I'm looking for. It feels like quintessentially eighties to me. Early yeah. 80s, sort of. Yeah. It's, I left it off, but it's definitely good. I have nothing bad to say about it. All right, what is your number four? My number four is Airplane. Whoa. See, now, if we went the other way, we'd have a double dip here. Maybe it'll happen later. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have that much to add. I just think it's really funny. I think it's uh, the group that made it, that the guys behind, like, Kentucky Fried Movie, and they did a bunch of other stuff, Police Squad, Naked Gun stuff, just that, like, spoof deadpan. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best kind of, like, versions of that. So I think it's really funny. Kentucky Fried Movie came a few years before, right? Yeah, I believe 77. Okay. I remember seeing that as like maybe a young teenager. I don't even know. But somebody recommended it. And I really liked that movie. And it was like at the time, like pretty unexpectedly lewd. Yeah. For like how old old the movie was. And... Uh, I, I don't think I was, yeah, I just don't think I was expecting it. I think like my 12 year old self was like, Oh my God. Yeah. I, yeah, I watched it. I watched it in like within the last 10 years at some point. I don't remember when it was, but I felt the same way. I was like, Oh wow. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Great pick. My number three is ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is tough because it has maybe an outsized reputation. That said, I still really like this movie. I like plot-driven comedies, and I, I think this is one, and I think the 80s is actually like really good for that. It doesn't like meander. Um, I think it hits all the right notes. I think it's one of Bill Murray's best performances, and I'm a big Rick Moranis fan. Yeah, I love Rick Moranis. And yeah, this movie just like strikes all the right chords, like some weird special effects, uh, and of course the theme song of that was totally pretty much stolen. Yeah. So <laughs> great stuff. But no, I really do like Ghostbusters. That's I had to have a number three. I'm not I'm I think I've seen it as a kid, but I never really got into it. And I don't I didn't even I have a few that are like big eighties comedies that I like either saw once and wasn't big a big fan of or whatever that are not on my list. That's one of them. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I think as I was going over the comedies and also the action movies, I was trying to figure out like what, which ones have I not seen like out of the well-known ones? I think I've seen all the comedies, but there are some major blind spots on the action side that I have. I'm like flip flopped. I'm the opposite of that. Um, all right. What is your number three? 1989's uncle buck starring John Candy. Good old John Candy. I love uncle buck. I watch it pretty regularly. I just watched it within the last couple months it's always great um i think it's one of john candy's best performances i like a lot of the supporting people in that movie 
I just love it. It's great. I have not seen Uncle Buck. I recommend it. I just mentioned that I'd seen a lot of the 1980s comedies, but apparently I do have a couple of blind spots. Check out Uncle Buck. It's funny. It's funny, and it's got like, and it well, it's just like an it's like a unique kind of. I feel like the plot is a little bit unique of the way that they introduce him. It's just like a vehicle for John Candy, but like the way that they do it is interesting in this movie. So I like it. Nice. Uh, all right. My number two is strange brew. First of all, between Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas, perfect combo, Max von Zidow, perfect villain. This movie has everything. I love the intro. Uh, the kind of meta intro, which is weird. And the, just like everything about the movie doing the, the weird, like hockey synth, like, uh, what would you call it? Like brain takeovers. Yeah. Like those scenes are very odd with like the lasers from the arcade system. And, but of course they use the, the theme song with the hockey synth, which I really like. And it's a nearly perfect comedy in my book. Yeah, I love that movie. I'm disappointed. I, I have it in honorable mentions because I actually forgot until I just realized when you mentioned Rick Moranis that I was like, oh, Strange Brew. Because I love I love the original, like the skit from SCTV that it's from. And this movie is hilarious. And it should have been on my list. But, you know, every so often you just, they, they don't come to mind. I, no, truthfully, like, as I was starting to put together this list, I was going through some of the big ones and I forgot about this one. And then I took a look at uh, some of the movies I own. I was like, oh, I have this DVD. Um, and I was like, oh, that's right. Strange Brew. And it vaulted up the list. Yeah, it's great. Love it. All right, what's your number two? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Ooh, interesting pick. I like it. Yeah, it's from 1989. I actually thought it was from the 90s, like the early 90s. So at first I didn't think. And then I was like, I got to look. I think it's really funny. Uh, I watch it every year around Christmas time. It's still hold like to me, I can still watch it. I don't see it changing in the near future where I'm going to like abandon that. But it's just, you know, like I could have put vacation on here. I I actually like European vacation, which is probably not a popular opinion, but um, I like I those movies. It's, I think they're funny. Like, I think even that one is probably the worst quality wise, but like, it's still funny. So, so you prefer Christmas to Vegas vacation? Very, very slightly. Okay. It, I, I haven't seen, I've seen Christmas and I've seen vacation. It's been a long time. And then I'll occasionally catch, like, I feel like I caught a snippet maybe of Christmas on TV not too long ago. But I would like to just, like, watch those because Chevy Chase is funny. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like he's, like, like one of the, like, naturally most funny people, especially from the 80s. I, he's in, like, a movie that I left off my list but barely uh, in Fletch which is like just like such a slapstick or like quick, not slapstick, but just like quick witted, like quippy movies there is. Yeah. Uh, No, great pick. We at number one. Number ones. All right. My number one with bullet is coming to America. 
I've seen this movie probably 10 times. It's on TV a lot. So I've seen like half of this movie, like 10, it's like, I've seen the full movie probably at least five times. I've seen the back half of the movie because that's when I catch it 15 times. It's, it's like a perfect uh, Eddie Murphy vehicle. It's, um, I just love every part about it. I love how they decide like where they're going to in America. Yeah, I like that one. It's an honorable mention for me only because I don't know. I think it's really good and I have seen it a lot and I, and it always makes me laugh and I like that Arsenio Hall's in it. I love Arsenio Hall in it. I, I love that Louie Anderson is in it. Um, is he the manager? He's, he's like the, he's not the manager. He's like, he works the fries at the restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I love that James Earl Jones is in it. It's like, I, I love the scene where they're like, oh, you know, going to America, it's such a vast land. Where should we go? LA or New York? <laughs> <laughs> and then they determine Queens and they get dropped off in Queens and the cab driver's like, is this shitty enough? <laughs> it's, it's a perfect movie, I think. Yeah, it's great. All right, I'm curious because I don't think I can quite figure it out. What's your number one? My number one is 1988 Big. Wow. I spent a lot of time thinking about this movie. It's always, it's my sister's favorite movie and she loves Tom Hanks. It's like a no, like her, probably her favorite celebrity or actor or whatever. Um, I'm not quite as much of a Tom Hanks fanatic, but I love that movie too. Um, might've been skewed by like, she always wanted to watch it when we were younger, but I think it's great. I think it's a movie that I can always go back and watch it pretty much. With like, you know, there's a lot of things that you used to love and then you go back and watch it. It's like, oh, like stuff doesn't hold up. And this movie, I feel like pretty much everything does. It's supremely watchable. It's a good movie. It's got Robert Loja, who's one of my favorite. Like, I wouldn't call him a character actor, but like any movie he's in, I'm already I'm on board. So it's I just think it's I think it's an interesting it's like some parts of it you would think are like almost like a drama. There's some like supernatural elements, obviously. So it's just like a weird mix, but it's uh, one of my favorite films, much less comedy films. So it is like quintessentially eighties too, even though I wouldn't say like Tom Hanks is not quintessentially eighties, but he like that kind of mix of a bunch of different things going on in a movie. I feel like is. Yeah. Uh, no, great pick. You have honorable mentions too. I do. Um, Real quick, so Pee-wee's Big Adventure, I like the original Vacation, um, Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of those action or comedy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Coming to America, which we mentioned, Strange Brew, we mentioned. I like Major League a lot, which was from 1989. Ooh, um, I totally forgot that movie. I, I, I had it on my list, and I, I realized I forgot to rank Airplane, which I like Airplane better, so I just knocked Major League off, but it's great. Um, I really love Moonstruck, which has Cher and Nicolas Cage. It's like one of Nicolas Cage's craziest performances in a good way. And it's amazing. So if anybody hasn't seen that, check that out. Um, UHF with Weird Al. Oh, yeah. Class of Nukem High, which is a trauma movie, which um, they're like the people behind Toxic Avenger. And it's a very campy, bad, low budget movie, but it's really funny and weird. So I put that on there, too. UHF, yeah, that's another one I forgot. Um, no, good picks there. I, uh, yeah, I had Beverly Hills Cop, Big, Say Anything, which I watched really recently. That's um, John Cusack? Yeah. I didn't realize that movie set in Seattle. 
Uh, so that probably gives it a bump. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is Spinal Tap. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Princess Bride. Uh, and then Fletch. Nice. All right. If you have some 80s comedy movies that we forgot about, let us know on our Twitter. That's at Whiskey Sessions. Or let us know uh, via email, whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we'll read your email on a future episode. But let's get to the emails that we have for this episode. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what do we got in the old email inbox? Dear elitists, the only beer I drink is Budweiser in an American flag can. NASCAR told me that should be my beer, so I drink it every day. I also have a tattoo of the American flag on my face and arms and legs. Your list should have been five different types of cans that Budweiser comes in. Steve from Tuscaloosa. You know what's funny? Even before you finished the email, I knew his name was Steve. And did, you, did you think he would be from Alabama, though? Uh, no, I didn't. Because I would have figured at that point, you probably also would have had a Confederate flag tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's a little and bit I of a... I figured he would no longer be a fan of NASCAR since they spoke out against that recently. I know. He's, he's a man of contradictions. Huh. Well, truthfully, I haven't actually had a Budweiser in a while. I used uh, to like it. Yeah. You know what I will say, though? It, it all... So... I didn't drink a lot of just straight up Budweiser, but in college we would drink a lot of Bud Light and we drink a lot of Miller Light. And I feel like, I mean, there was other beers too, but you generally, if we got a case of a beer is probably one of those two. And I used to be on the Bud Light side, uh, especially if we're drinking it for beer pong or whatever. The more I think about it, I think I was wrong. I think Miller Light was better. I don't think that I know because I don't, I think I like Coors Light better. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can go third party if you want, but Trump's just going to win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I think I used to drink Miller Light and I, and I almost feel the exact opposite. Like now I think I was wrong. So maybe that's a weird, like long-term. Maybe it's a grass is always greener situation. Yeah, I think I so. I just, I, for some reason I just thought about that. I was like, I, I usually push for getting Bud Light in the case, but now I'm like, I think maybe Miller Light was better, but maybe it wasn't. So I don't know, something to think about it, but I basically disagree with this email. Um, it would have been a mistake if we only talked about five different Budweiser's. And also, why did you get the flag tattooed in so many different parts of your same body? Yeah, exactly. I hope DC becomes a state so that we have a new flag and anybody who has a flag tattoo, their flag's out of date. Yeah. They have to give it somebody to do some revisions. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a new state since 1959. Come on. Yeah. What's the holdup? Yeah. Can't go over 60 years without having a new state. What's, what's the deal with that? It's crazy. It's 50s an even number. I think like, so. Okay, they just, that's good. They just like it. They're just no. like, we're done. We need some more states. Uh, I want to see 55 states by the end of this decade. I want to see 55 by 2055. There you go. Um, all right. If you have an email for us, make sure to hit us up on our email address, whiskey with an E, sessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we'll read it on a future episode. But that is it for this episode. Be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? Bring us your new states. 
Frequency in the United States, we're taking all comers. We're coming all takers. We're whiskey session state is the next state. We could make our own state, right? Yeah. It's a very like narrow band that goes from the suburbs of Chicago to the Bay Area in California. Yes, exactly. It runs along the border of all those states until it gets yeah. there. Okay, we can do that. All right, until next time, this is Amets saying peace out. And B-Pimp saying see you later. <laughs>